This is the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voiceless, a weekly podcast hosted by Chris Milson, a podcast to help break the stigma of mental health and to remind everyone that it is okay to be not okay, and to remind those that they are never alone. Please also note that Chris is not a psychologist or psychiatrist and is speaking from research and experiences. Trigger warning for those for the possible explicit content and language. going on warriors welcome to another episode of the mental health movement podcast voice for the voiceless i'm your host chris today we have a returning guest he's been on here a couple times wanted to bring him on for this one because i feel like him and i kind of we gel pretty well on most of the things that we struggle with and you know we could relate and uh, this episode is entitled letting go of your anger vince how's it going man doing good brother doing good how are you good man uh glad to have you on here and uh I know this is a topic that I'm sure you can relate to in a lot of ways, like myself, especially going through the trials and tribulations of life, you know. Um, Before we dig into today's podcast, I just want to shout out that today is International Men's Day. So, you know, another another ironic um, day of the month uh, when we're recording a podcast, when I did my podcast with Lee. Ironically enough, the day after I recorded, it was International uh, Bully Awareness Day. So shout out again to Lee for hopping on the podcast. And thank you to everybody, including yourself, Vince, that listened to that podcast. It uh, it meant a lot to me. Um, So International Men's Day celebrates worldwide uh, the positive value men bring to the world, their families and communities, and also highlights positive role models and raises awareness of men's uh, men's well-being. Me and you have gone around the ringer quite a few times about men's mental health and how important that stuff is, man. So I'm very passionate about getting this message out there. You know, guys, the ones that do listen to this podcast, it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling and it's okay to talk about the shit you're going through. You know, you don't have to put on this whole macho man facade and, you know, just brush things off. Cause you know, you matter just as much as anybody else. Uh, and I'll, I'm very, very stern on, on that statement. So, um, and for anybody who has heard about this documentary, uh, it's called uh, Stuts. Basically what the documentary is, is it's a two year, uh, spanning session uh therapy session with jonah hill the actor and his therapist basically they filmed all their sessions from um you know a little bit after jonah lost his brother and just everything that he was going through and being vulnerable and we don't really see that out of hollywood too much anymore man it's it's all makeup it's all wigs and everything else and just not wanting to be vulnerable at all so for anybody who is as passionate about mental health as I am, highly recommend a documentary for everybody. Um, you know, simply just because the message of mental health, is, it's important. It's important to be as raw and as real as you can be. Um, so the reasoning I wanted to do this podcast, uh, except, you know, for the obvious. Um, basically, uh, I have this Twitter account. Um that's strictly for wrestling and for anybody who knows me very passionate about wrestling you know uh i got a little too deep into that twitter account and you know basically turned me into something that i'm not 
and my passion uh, for the wrestling industry uh, combined with the anger that I had internally just kind of made me toxic a little bit in the community. And it's never something I wanted to happen. And it's unfortunately costed me a friendship. And for that, you know, I don't want anybody to, to think that I'm something that I'm not, you know, I hold myself accountable for all my flaws and all my mistakes. And, you know, for anybody who's listening, I do apologize for any kind of trolling that I've done or any kind of, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to say bullying cause I've never really bullied anybody, but, uh, it was just more, more so engaging in the tribalism of the wrestling community. So again, I support a mental health message and with that Twitter account, I wasn't doing the same exact thing that I'm doing outside of that Twitter account. So again, I do apologize. Um, to all my listeners, I will continue to be better, continue to try and get better. And again, you know, every day, every day is a learning experience. You know, it's progress, not perfection, man. So let's dig into uh, to today's podcast because uh, I know it's a it's a very special one for me. Um, and having Vince on here always is is good just to get an extra insight. So let's uh, go ahead and dig into today's session so you know what is anger you know it's basically you know like your instinctive response to any kind of threats you know it's it's uh combined uh with stress family problems or financial issues you know uh i don't know what extent you feel your anger on vince but i know for me a lot of my anger stems from the family struggles i've had you know the basically non-existent relationship I've had with my dad growing up and uh, just having a very rocky and rough relationship with my mom got a lot of anger in me, especially when my parents were divorced. Yeah. So uh, for for you, where, where do you think, where do you think your anger ties in? Cause I know, I know it's a little bit of, you know, I'm sure what you go through with jobs, you know, whatever it is. You know, stemming from a young age, yeah, there's a lot of anger. There was a lot of anger towards my parents, uh, mainly my father and mother. Uh, they were divorced when I was like one, two, however young I was. I don't know. I always get a different fucking story every time. But um <laughs> there's there's anger towards that there's anger towards you know my dad dying when i was 16 me getting shot when i was 17 uh going to jail doing stupid shit like there's all that uh it's just locking up not locking up but like pinpointing where that anger is coming from has always been hard for me because sometimes it feels like it's a lot like it's always there and it's never gone away which I still feel that sometimes most of the time I'm angry with myself, but yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, like you said, it's kind of hard to pinpoint when that anger may have started. And, you know, I was, uh, unfortunately I experienced my parents divorcing at an age where I was aware of what happened and just trying to process it going into middle school, going into high school, moving around so much, you know, it's just, internalized a lot of anger inside of me you know I was very quiet in school and 
that quietness brought a lot of, you know, self-harm to myself. It, it encouraged uh, negative self-talk and stuff like that. And fast forward to now, man, like I, I can identify what pisses me off. You know, I, I can identify what genuinely like makes me hot. And now I, I think I can pretty much channel it down to just my family. My family makes me severely angry. You know, it's whether it's miscommunication or just feeling like I'm being left out of any discussions that happen. I, I can't even tell you how many times family plans were made and I wasn't told about. Them. Right. And it makes you feel some type of way, you know, because that, that's happened to me so many times to where it's just like, oh, well, so and so forgot to tell you. Okay, we're we're five years into this, and you forgot to tell me all of a sudden, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's it's a pattern, and those patterns of of uh, just bullshit just make you angry. And yeah. I wish our parents had what we have now available to us, you know, so that they can communicate, so they can talk about what they're going through and all that shit instead of internalizing it and then projecting onto us. I do that a lot. I uh, I still have a hard time communicating when I'm upset. Especially with the people that I'm upset with because I have a thing about confrontation. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, if you've seen me out in the street, I'm fucking 6'2", 230 pounds, tatted up, pierced up. Like, you wouldn't think, oh, this guy's afraid of confrontation. But, nah, I'm going to run away from it. Uh, so like I internalize a lot and I do project it out and that's that's ruined a lot of relationships and friendships that I've had because of that yeah and you know it's it's just mainly mainly that cycle that was created for us you know it's it's seeing the examples from our peers that we've had growing up and it's just something that neither you or I can change out of those people but what we can do is you know try and do better I mean you coming on these podcasts from the first one to now, I mean, we've having more of a conversation uh, in the last three, four months than we had when we first met, you know, we can talk about the shit that we're going through. And like we were talking about on Snapchat yesterday, we can communicate through music of what we're feeling. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a, I, I think it's a bad habit because I feel like I know, annoy people with it, but I communicate through movie quotes. Like I literally, cannot shut that part of my brain off like every time like one little word and it's crazy like one little word will remind me of a movie one sound can remind me of a scene in a movie and when we're playing when we're playing call of duty you know i'll be on there with my brother and he'll make a comment and everybody you know just continue talking whatever and then i'll say to my brother i'm like you know that reminded me of that scene from a movie we haven't seen in like 30 years you know it's just Crazy, (laughs) you know it's i have found ways to communicate my anger through music and through movies because like i was telling yesterday it's essentially my safe haven it's the place that i've only ever felt comfortable enough to express that anger yeah no i feel you and i i've Every time I share my music taste with people, 
they're like, doesn't this music make you mad? Like, <laughs> you know what kind of music I listen to. So there's a lot of hard music in there, probably more hard music than anything else. But a lot of those people just look at it like people screaming. Like, dude, mm-hmm. if you listen to the lyrics that any of these guys and girls put into their music, like I know some of it's hard to understand because some of those roars and some of those <laughs> screams are are really deep and hard to understand. There's a lot of pain, a lot of anger behind what they say, but you can relate. You and I can relate to that shit. It's because they're listening to the sound. They're not listening to the message. Right. Me and my sister had to talk about that one time because, like, she listens to, like, Shore and all that. And uh, we were sitting there talking, like, people will sit there and they, the people judge you on it. They think you're, you know, if you dress a certain way, like like these people do, they think you're a Satanist or whatever, and they start saying all sorts of things, and they don't know the actual message behind the music that's being because most of it's not oh hail Satan la da 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 da. It's it's fucking like these guys were beat down, right, and press it out and. That's the best part about it, and you know, you know, it's it's crazy that you bring up the whole uh, judgment by you know what we wear, thinking that we <laughs> that we hail Satan, all that stuff. Because I remember when I was I was younger, maybe about like 15, 16 years old, and I was still wearing a lot of band T shirts. You know, I still kind of do, but not nearly as much as I used to. And I remember going to my grandparents and my grandparents are so judgmental. Like they're awful when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like my mom turned out to be the same way. She's very judgmental. See somebody walking down the street. Oh, so-and-so looks like they're they're on this or, Oh my God, they're wearing this. So they probably da, 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 da. They're those kind of people. And I, and I wore a, what was it? A rockstar mayhem fest, uh, uh, shirt to their house and it was like a melted skull and had all the band names and all that stuff and i remember my grandma making like a snide ass comment about it and saying <laughs> how oh my god why would you wear that here like it doesn't look good it looks like like nobody would talk to you wearing that kind of stuff and you look at you look at how society is now where people are still like that not nearly as bad as they used to be but now we have TikTok for those idiots to have a platform on. It's like, oh, well, if you listen to this or you support this, oh my God, it's all up in arms kind of thing. And yeah. for anybody who's watching this on YouTube, this is like a stress ball for me, so I apologize for it being on camera. <laughs> um, But, you know, it's... I feel all the judgment that you and I have faced growing up uh, also contributed to that anger. You know, also because like anything that we do has never felt like it was enough because we were trying to do stuff that made us feel comfortable and people trying to mold us into their image only pissed us off more. And, you know, I don't think you and I growing up had the right resources to get rid of that anger, to, to be able to channel what we were going through. Right. And I, I don't know about you, but I went to anger management twice. Neither time helped because I always felt like I was getting judged. 
It, it oh, dude, anger management is. <laughs> now I gotta hear this. Come on, <laughs> spill the beans. I've taken anger management. I've taken cognitive behavior therapy. Uh, it's <laughs> okay. So explain to me what the behavior therapy consists of. So that is basically to. it's supposed to show you how the mind works yeah and uh make you see where it was while i was on probation it's to make you see where your mind is making the wrong decisions for what you should be doing and they try to mold it to get it so they basically try to like change your way of thinking kind of thing okay so i I didn't know if it was like the same thing as cognitive therapy as it is a behavior so okay it, it, I mean, it works. Yes. Did I pay a lot of enough? No, I didn't. Yeah. I really. <laughs> but in the anger management, uh, that was at, that was also while I was on probation because I <laughs> pissed off my PO and she said, You're not going to come home yet. And I was like, uh, Okay. Well, then I kind of yelled at her and shit and then got some anger management signed up too, but it don't help. Yeah, it's, it it doesn't help unless you want it to help. Fair. Same as regular therapy. Uh, See, I I look at when I was when I went to anger management, I I kind of look at it the same way that I look at outpatient therapy. I was paired up with a really awful counselor. You know, uh, I I hope, you know, I hope she's great in the field that she was. Uh, you know specialized in she was a counselor for gambling addicts and <laughs> i went there uh, i went to outpatient therapy after a suicide attempt like one plus one there it's it's not you know what uh, i mean like we're at one plus one equals 75 or something right now like nothing makes sense here <laughs> you know what i mean and when i went to anger management i think a couple of years before that um, I just remember her ma- uh, having me make a collage. Like, that's all I remember. I, I don't remember it ever helping me in my anger because I'm 30 years old and I don't want to say I'm an angry person because I'm not, but I know I can get very passionate about certain things and I know my tics. I know what sets me off kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I definitely know. And that that's something I tried to tell my ex too. Like I, I know when I'm about to get set off. Yeah. I just I don't know how to communicate that. I don't know how to tell somebody, "Hey, dude, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm about to blow the fuck up." Like, right. pardon my my French, but no, like, no, it's 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 okay. No worries. Uh, I I've never had that, and like. I've been trying to figure it out because, like, I love my kid to death. I do. Yeah. Some days. Like, because now they're in Arizona and shit, so I've had some time to actually sit here and reflect. But, like, there was some days where I'm like, my guy, if you don't back the fuck up. <laughs> right. You will get... Nothing's going to happen, but <laughs> I'm going to have to walk away. Right. And... uh. Yeah, no, like I I know 
my my triggers and shit and it's always something that goes back to my fucking childhood for some right. reason everything before after that like after 1920 if it's cool but fucking before that it's like all this shit that was ingrained i'm trying to sit here and fucking rewire like and it's shit that i see happen that before when i grew up would have been a fucking big ass issue right but it's not because we've learned that the shit that was a big issue then it really wasn't it, it wasn't right. but that's normally my triggers is fucking there's something happening that reminds me of a time that I got yelled at when I was a kid so I'm trying to fucking have your kids uh, been able to like identify what what makes them mad or are they just they're still too young to like identify that kind of stuff so we had a little paper yeah it has all the emotions on it and Luca, he's three. He's the oldest. Otto, he's just now walking. I missed it. Dude's walking like a champ now. Uh, but Luca can go up to that poster, and if you ask him how he's feeling, he can point to the emotion that he has at that at that time. Wow. Yeah, and he understands it. And like what we tried to do, and it's worked, and it's helped to reflect on like ourselves is like anger is more of a blanket emotion because it covers a whole broad area. Absolutely. So when he says he's angry, we try to pinpoint, okay, are you angry because you're sad or are you angry because you're hurt or what's going on to make that? And it's actually, it's, it's really helped for me too. <laughs> to, That's awesome. He, you said he's three. Yeah. Holy shit. That's well, crazy we, that a three-year-old can identify that kind of stuff. No, we started him on it yeah. at like two and a half. And right. it, sits, it sits on the wall where he can reach it. He can go to it. Let and... me ask you something. Um, when you were in elementary school, and I don't remember if they have him, had him in middle school too. I, I, I don't think they did. When we were in elementary school, did they have the card changing, like discipline thing? Like uh, you had green being good, yellow's a warning, red means you're in trouble, and then black means you're going to the principal. I don't think so. That so must have been just a Florida thing. <laughs> no, I grew up. No. Uh, yeah, it's crazy that every school did the disciplining stuff differently. Like, oh, sorry, something <laughs> just fell. Um, <laughs> And it's just one of those things where I don't feel like it was as effective as they wanted it to be kind of thing, because it's that, that, uh, reward versus, uh, Oh my God, what the hell is the word? I guess discipline versus reward. I I, I know I'm forgetting the, the psycho, the psychological term, but I think you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you're good, you reward them. If they're bad, you don't give them anything. I don't remember yeah. what the hell that was called. Um, but it's it's good that you mentioned the the blanket uh, emotion thing because anger is intertwined with so many different things and it's not technically a mental health di diagnosis. So I wrote down what anger t 
ties into. So, you know, we have depression. That's, you know, that's the obvious one. Right. You have OCD, which I had to think about that for a second because OCD and anger, you know, I guess when you screw something up, who's somebody that's super OCD, they get angry. And I know for the longest time, all of my movies were all alphabetically ordered and I have like 700 DVDs. And then it just got to a point where I couldn't stop buying DVDs and I was pissing myself off because I'm like, all right, I got to reorganize everything now. And yeah, yeah, now I just have two bins of DVDs thrown in there. So it's just like, fuck. That, that does make sense with the OCD thing. Cause like there, there are things where I'm OCD about. And if I don't do it, I get pissed. Like if I like don't you do like you have like a pattern, like a what's the word? I guess pattern that you follow every day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like if 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 I go out of routine on what I how I start my morning, I'm I'm pissed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be. It's just that like that one minor screws your whole day up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then you have alcohol abuse, which the mental health condition, I don't know. This this is always one of those subjects that I feel everybody feels differently on. Alcohol abuse, I guess it's a mental health condition, but it's it's preventable, right? Like it's a choice? Okay. Do you think addiction is a choice or do you think it's a disease? Like genuine question because I struggle I struggle answering that myself. I, I go both ways on it. Yeah. Like, I feel um, like there's no right or wrong answer there. No. Because, like, myself, I'm I'm an alcoholic. I will admit that to the day I die. I will drink. But I... It's, it's once every... Fuck. 8, 10, 12, 16 months. Like, it's not every... It used to be every day. It used to be all 24-7 for like three to four years straight. But then it just, it got too much. But like, that was a choice. That that was most definitely a choice. Now, there are people that like, they get so bad into it that their body does not function. That's where I think it turns it into a disease because... I've seen people where they they were so bad and so bad off that when they stopped, their body started shutting down. Right. Like, okay, you look at somebody who is addicted to doing crack and you look at somebody who's addicted to doing gambling. Gambling is an addiction, whether people look at it like that or not. It's 100% an addiction. I know a lot of people are really bad gambling addicts. Um. And then you have a crack uh, addiction, which, you know, that's that's more substance than it is uh, a physical item or something like that. But yeah, like I said, I, I'm I'm with you on both answers. Like It's hard to say which one's which, because I've had people who were close to my circle uh, who passed away of OD, who passed away of drunk driving. That's a choice. Drunk driving is a choice. Oh, yeah. And 
you know, I know a lot that might rub people the wrong way, but I I've lost a brother from a drunk driver and she chose to drive on that day while she was intoxicated and she took my brother's life. So it's one of those subjects where, again, I guess anger can uh, play a part in when you talk about stuff like that. But I don't know the alcohol abuse. I kind of put in like quotations because I wasn't really sure that's a mental health condition, but I guess it kind of makes sense in the long scheme. Um, ODD, which is the uh, oppositional defiant disorder. And this is one of those terms. I, I wasn't, aware of like i didn't know it was a thing and yes the abbreviations are odd so it threw me for a whirl on this one but basically it's like lashing out on people like having uh like implosions with with people and just misbehaving but then that also goes in the same subject as ied which is the eminent explosive disorder that i know for a fact I've, i've i've met people who have that who will just out of nowhere lash out at people and have to go to therapy because of those things. And it's just, it's one of those things where they're just, they're wired weird. And I think they have to take medication for that because I know IED is like a, that's like an extreme of, of, of anger. Same with, same with the ODD, I would assume is basically the same thing. Um, Almost level is like BPD or some shit. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and then you got bipolar, which you know, I think that's that's a given. Um, and then this one, I, I'm really glad they they put it here. I don't think it's a mental health condition, I think it's just something that we have to go through is grief. I don't consider that a condition, I consider it something that we have to go through eventually. You know, unfortunately, we we all suffer loss. Um, and again to to my earlier comment about that Stutz documentary, uh, he brings up grief. Um, I, I can't, I can't talk enough about that documentary, man. It's, it's so good. If you haven't watched it yet, highly recommend it. Most definitely. So, let let's start with the obvious. Let's start with depression because I feel depression just kind of makes us all feel crazy. You know, we always think that we're we're batshit because we're feeling things that not other people might may or may not feel. And, and I know a lot of people like to throw that word depression around. It's like, yeah. are you depressed? Or are you sad? Because feeling sad and being depressed are two whole different things. But yes, depression is feeling sad, but it's also a whole other thing as well. You know, depression doesn't look like just sad. Yeah. See, I'm having that issue with myself because, like, now I'm just, I don't know. I, I need to go see a, a psychiatrist at some point to figure out what I have. Still right. haven't done that. But, like, it, it's, 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 I'm at that point where I'm like, do I actually have that or, or am I just sad a lot? You know? Right. I don't and know. I feel, I feel that's something that this, that, this society has a really bad habit of is uh, self-diagnosing. Mm-hmm. And I know that's severely dangerous for a lot of people oh. to do. 
you know, because you you can't just say you're feeling one way and then, oh, I'm going to take this medicine. I'm going to feel better. And then you get sick because of something you don't have. Yeah. I mean, so it's always important if you're feeling some type of way and you're not really sure, uh, you know, to my listeners and to you, obviously, as well, Vince, um, obviously, go go to a doctor. You know, if you're if you're feeling, you know, just that type of way and you want to actually figure it out you know that's that's no pressure to anybody listening that's more so me giving a shit about what what's going on in your life and what you're going through because self-diagnosing yourself is something that could lead to something more serious oh yeah you'll go down so many rabbit holes bro it's ridiculous like i i never knew that hypochondriacs were like like a thing like i always thought that was just like exaggerated like i never knew that was an actual thing i've met people who are like i can't go outside because if i step outside i'm gonna step on a nail if i go out if i do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna feel this way it's like holy shit like i'm pretty sure like that's anxiety like i feel like hypo uh what is the word is it hypochondria right is that the right term yeah um I, i feel like that's like basically anxiety to like the extreme could be wrong on that though um and then so i grew up with a bipolar mom uh i don't know if you know anybody bipolar um like an actual like diagnosed bipolar not like somebody saying oh well bipolar no i i mean nobody that's actually came out and told me they are but yeah and I, I could, but I, I don't really know. Yeah, so, so. basically, bi- bipolar looks like, uh, can be like an hour of just like having a nice conversation with somebody, and then five minutes later, just lashing out about something that happened 10 years ago. And it's like, I, I hate using the word crazy, but experiencing it firsthand is fucking crazy because <laughs> I never knew it was something that severe until I sat in my room for three hours getting completely degraded and talked down to by my mom. And then like the next day she like completely like quote unquote forgets about it. And, like nothing happened. I mean, obviously I know she's a narcissist too, but Bipolar's bipolar's an animal when it comes to anger. Um because you you really don't know what side of that personality you're going to get from that person. Like a, an actual diagnosed bipolar person and I know bipolar yeah. kind of goes down like a rabbit hole in itself. Um there's one on here I I don't know why I I guess I might have accidentally missed it. Uh ADHD is another one that has anger in it. I don't I, I- do you have do you have ADHD or do you know anybody with ADHD? Um I know people that have my sister has it. Okay, so here's yeah. here's the backstory. My sister has it. Yeah. All our cousins that we share have it. Our uncles, like it's very, very prominent. Right. On my mom's side of the family. I may or may not have it. I don't know. I haven't been to a doctor. Yeah. At, I want to go, but I don't want to go at the same time because I don't want to like 
leave i don't want to go there with no list and then come out with a list that's like fucking 10 pages long right <laughs> they can just got like an a through z list for you <laughs> but no my why sister why does it say on here i'm a zebra <laughs> <laughs> uh she has it and we talked and she told now, like, me growing like, up with her did you ever experience her being like angry a lot or have like any kind of anger so I didn't actually grow up with her. Uh, oh, okay. On the divorce side, she was with my mom, right. whereas I was dad. And we have two separate dads. Okay. Share uh, our mom. And um, yeah, I can see it. Because the way I understand it, and I might be shit, but like, your brain's wired a different way right right you're you can you there's a way about processing things that they have and uh or that they can do and i've heard it explained we're like they can it's like that fucking song i sent you the other day that that uh the mind blower, the mind melter, right, right, yeah. where you can hear every different fucking part of it, but you can focus on every single part at the same time, but know where they're at differently. Yeah. And that explained to me on it. And I can see where anger can come into play on that because after a while and having that much stimulation is probably going to make you fucking flip. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that definitely that makes a lot of sense. Um, let's talk about the the physical symptoms of anger because I I feel like the symptoms of just anger in general, people don't realize the damage that anger causes. Besides, you know the the obvious physical harm that you could do to people. You know, uh, apparently, well, not apparently. Um, the research I did, uh, you know, physical symptoms: your testosterone levels and your cortisol levels, which basically your cortisol levels is your fight or flight hormones. Uh, you know, both of those start spiking out of control. So once you have that happen, man, like once you start messing with anything physically in the body, you know, things start getting contorted and you start feeling pain places. You've never felt pain before. And then you have to go to the doctors for that. And just anger is, is something that not a lot of people, I feel like it's not talked about enough. Uh, you know, we're we're a culture of, you know, trying to acknowledge that mental health is a pro is you know not a problem. It's something that needs to be uh, brought up and put more in a bigger spotlight. But you know, that also comes with anger too, because anger is something that ruins friendships. It ruins relationships. I mean, it ruins childhoods. You know, I I was very angry as a kid, and I took it out on my brother and sister, and you know, it was never something that was intentional. It was more so I didn't know where to channel my anger, if that makes sense. And no, it... good. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, and now that I'm an adult and I'm not in a house full of people anymore, all that anger is internalized and that anger is not going towards people. But when it comes out, it's just like I spout it. It's just kind of like, free fire you know it, it, none of it's controlled 
And, you know, yeah. it's something I haven't addressed in therapy yet. And it's something I plan on doing. I just got to gotta be ready for it. But I think this podcast is a good start to acknowledge that I know I have anger problems. And I know that stems from trauma that I've experienced. Um, if you've ever gotten to that point of being angry, have you ever felt like your body wasn't right after, you know, like you lash out at, at you know, a friend or you lashed out at in a current relationship, right? Your parents or anything. Did you ever not feel right? Like physically? Every time. Every- yeah. When I, uh, we both know, like, my main way to get rid of my anger, get rid of my, like, stress and shit was going to the gym. I stopped going to the gym. I started internalizing everything, uh, keeping a lot of shit in. And that's what started causing a lot of, I wouldn't say it was starting to cause a lot of issues because there was already issues there. It just got set off to the side for the longest time. Um, I, like, I'm not a confrontational person, so <laughs> when I get angry and I just start spouting shit out and I don't say things, I say things that I don't mean. I, I say things that... I you kind of, like, black out when you say it. Yeah, and I and I know what I'm saying, and I know what I'm saying afterwards, because right after the confrontation, I know in my mind, I fucked up. Right. Like my body tells me, you fucked up there. My stomach drops a little bit. I I feel sick. But it's already been done. That damage has been done. So the only way to fix that is to apologize and get moved past it. Not really move past it, but like show that Come up with like a resolution kind of thing. Yeah. But how do you come up with a resolution when you just got done basically telling somebody they're a piece of shit? Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't like doing that. I don't know why I do it. Uh, that That's one of my toxic traits is like, if I, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get too close to somebody, I'm going to piss them off. So they go away. Or uh, I'll say something. You know, when we broke up and shit, I was saying mean, hurtful shit, right? I was upset. Doesn't give me the right to say what I said, but I did. And that wasn't cool. Yeah. um, I have had similar incidents where... Oh God, when was that? I think it was 2013 was the last time that I actually went off on somebody. And it wasn't like one of those things where I was mad for no reason. So I just went off on her. It was one of those things where I have a really bad habit. And I I will openly admit this. I have a really bad habit of forgiving people for bullshit and internalizing and internalizing and just storing it up. Then when it gets to a point where I'm, I've had enough of getting fucked over, I lash out. But when that when I lash out, I know what I want to say and I know what to bring up. Like 
I'm never one of those kinds of people who would be like, if you, you wouldn't have this, it wasn't for me. I'm never like that ever. I've done that one time, only once. And it was because this person was being the world's largest hypocrite and just being an asshole to me. And I was done. And I basically showed them the facts of everything that happened. I said, listen, I did this for you. I did this for you. I made sure you could get this. So you have this. Like, right. don't sit here and, and try and make me to be out the asshole when I have proof of everything that you've done. And they got quiet and I hung up. They tried calling me back and saying they're sorry. I said, listen, I'm usually a very forgiving person, but I'm not going to be walked on by, by people that I've had enough of. And I try so hard. And uh, here's another bad trait of mine. I try so hard to be liked by everybody. Super toxic, by the way. Yes. Super toxic trait of mine. And when I'm saying that out loud, I know a lot of people who are listening are like, oh, bro, that's there's nothing wrong with being a good person and, and trying to get everybody to like you. But when you're trying to mold yourself for everybody else to like you, you're literally looking like that guy from Spy Kids. You have three different heads. You have 20 different fingers. And you're you're just all over the place because you're pulling yourself in so many different directions for people to like you. You don't know who the hell you are and you're just stuck there in the center and be like, who the fuck am I? You look in the mirror. I'm like, I don't like who I've become. I have tried so hard to stop being so, I don't want to say stop being good because that's just not in me to do that. I've tried my very best to not change anything about myself to get everybody to like me. Like last night, uh, I had a confrontation with somebody who um, who has treated me like she consistently over the last six months. And I finally told her off. I said, listen, like you want to sit here and say this, this and this is wrong with me. But let's not forget that you did this and this and this and those big this is are this big while mine are very minuscule. Right. And. Again, you know, and I apologize for for coming off sounding angry, but it's just one of those things where it takes a lot for me to to break on somebody because I, I'm just really good at just like compartmentalizing all the shit that I'm going through. It's like, listen, I have my own bullshit I got to worry about. I'm not trying to worry about your bullshit, too. And I try way too hard to take on everybody else's shit and then try to deal with mine, too. So. I guess I'm a whole ass red uh, red flag carnival over here. Nah, the 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 um that the the how how did you put it? You it's Which it's almost it try to be try to be liked by everybody. Yeah, it's almost a, a people pleaser thing, right? Exactly. Yep. I relate to that because I will, I try to be everybody's friend and I've lost myself along the way. I really have. That's why this time alone to myself has given me some time to reflect like this moving back to Arizona is going to make or break some things. And I'm fine with that at this point in time. Like it is what it is. Right. But I did the people pleasing thing for, I still do it. I mean, it's, 
it's a hard habit to break, but it's I'm... you know the the way that I, my brain processes it is I didn't have anybody like me growing up, mm-hmm. you know, and my therapist has put it to me the best is you know. I try to be that island. I try to be that lighthouse for everybody who's going through something. And you eventually start getting hurt yourself because you're trying to take on the world's problems. And meanwhile, all your stuff you're going through is not being changed though. You're, you're, I don't want to say I'm self-destructing because I'm not, but you're leaving things unattended and just the thing, the demons in your head that you got going on become louder you're putting everything else's on the front burner while your stuff's going to the back burner. Right. But more and more shit keeps getting put on the front burner. So the back burner isn't moving to the front. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And you know, I've done a really good job of just trying to stay to myself and try to avoid having any problems develop in my life. You know, my last, uh, my last therapy session, I think I still have it right down. Um, I didn't have really a, a lot of negatives uh, talking about that session. You know, I, I try to, I try to balance out my therapy sessions. You know, I have my positives and my negatives and usually, yeah. and you know, I'm not really ashamed to admit this because I'm open to talking about therapy now, but I usually have a lot of impactful negative shit that far outweighs the positives, no matter how many positives there are. That's one of the first sessions that I didn't have anything severely negative until I read like one, until I read like one comment that I said to my therapist. And basically uh, it was after I left the dentist and I was really angry at myself that growing up, I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't given a lot of guidance after we hit 18, you know, it was just kind of like, Oh, well you turned 18. You got to figure all this shit out. You know, you got to uh, figure out how to do your taxes. You got to figure out how to pay bills. You got to figure out doctors and dentists and all this bullshit. My God. And this is the first time I'm saying this on Mike. On, on Mike. And I know it's a little dark and I'm going to apologize now. But I basically said to my good friend, Caleb, I said, you know, we're all going to die sometime. Why not sooner? I have never felt that low in a really long time. And I I was just so discouraged after I left the dentist and it's just like, you know, I'm doing everything right now. You know, I I was trying so hard just to survive the last 10 years that I didn't go to the doctors. I didn't go to the dentist. And now that I'm starting to go to the doctors and the dentist being, uh, being an adult last couple of years, it's just everything hitting me in the back of the head, like a brick. And you start attacking yourself and, Attacking yourself turns into that anger that's always been there. You can't get rid of. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's there's your physical symptom right there too. Is you know that that shit goes right into your head. You know, uh, anything that happens to you physically goes right into your head. You know. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about the emotional symptoms of anger. So you got you got the obvious. You got your uh. Irritability, I think I said that word right. Uh, frustration, anxiety, uh, rage, stress, feeling overwhelmed, and guilt. 
I also put in there because for some reason, I, I think this was written before it was something I knew I, I struggle with. It's sensory overload. I've noticed this a lot in the last six months about myself is if I'm having a rough day at work and that's the overwhelmed part, any sound, because I, I work in, at home and my computer notifications, any sound sets me off and then my body starts getting really warm and I get mad as fuck and I'll hear my phone go off and I'll hear everything go off and it's like bro I'm getting so angry and I'll be on the microphone on my playstation with people and I'll have to turn my mic all the way down because I'll get pissed off I said bro who the fuck is doing this with paper who's chewing in the mic like bro sensory overload is something I never knew I struggled with until it got until it's gotten this bad. And I don't know if you have ever struggled with sensory overload, but Jesus God, I don't wish that on anybody. Oh my God. Do you work in a, do you work in like a factory setting? No, I work in a mechanic shop. So it's, it's loud fucking tools most of the time. And does that ever overwhelm you at all? The sounds every day really so i've never and i still don't know how to explain that but like i would come home and like my wife was here the kids are here and then everybody's trying to talk and i'm just trying to do some dishes and i'd just be like shut the fuck up (laughs) just shut the and like i know that's not the best reaction but like I never knew how to explain, and I didn't even realize that it was a fucking issue until a couple days ago. Right. I mean, I saw a fucking TikTok about sensory overload or some shit, and I was like, "That that makes sense." I'm not saying yeah. that I have makes sense. And it's and it's, it's, weird. it's one of those things where you don't realize how serious it gets until you're like at the very top of it. And That's, I've gotten to the point where. I had to walk out of the house. Like I told my team, like, listen, I need to get away from this computer because I'm about to hit the wall. I, I, uh, I have headphones in now at work. So, or I have, I have a speaker that is, it's loud as fuck. Yeah. So I just turn that bitch all the way up where I can, I can tune in on that and not think about everything else going on. And it helps ground me. The music, music is what helps ground me. Like, I get home, I'll throw music on, and I'll probably listen to it till I go to sleep. It, it just is. is but it me stay. Just say it helps you feel grounded. Yeah. Right. Do you, so let me ask you something. Do you think that sensory overload could also go, or could also stem from trauma? Because I have trauma from the dentist when I was a kid, right? Uh, yeah. When I had yeah. when I had one of my cavities filled when I was, uh, I'd probably say maybe like 12, 13 years old. They used a goddamn crank on my jaw to, to keep it open. And I, I swear on my life, every time I go to the dentist, I'm like traumatized anytime I hear a drill. Like like any any kind of like drill sound, like just something in my brain just like sets off like yeah I don't like this shit one bit. 
So like, do you ever hear a certain sound or smell a certain smell that like instantly sets off something in your brain? It's like, yeah, that brings me back to something that happened X amount of years ago. And I don't like that shit one bit. I There is. I don't know exactly what it like. I know there's sometimes where, I mean, I'm fucking, I'm three, four states away from where I grew up, so nothing should be the same. Nothing. Yeah. Right. If smells like cow shit out here, like it, it should. All be and like, I know I'll be doing something, and I'm like, the fuck is that? Like, what? What the fuck is that? And it'll set you on edge. Yeah. And keep you on edge. And then that, that for me, like, it doesn't, I don't register, like, I'm on edge, but I don't do anything about it. So then I get home later and it's like, then the other shit happens and I'm just like, motherfucker. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. I can definitely relate. Um, so I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with anxiety, too. If you ever get like anxious do you ever feel yourself getting angry i know i felt angry a couple of times when i was anxious but not like it's not very common for me with anxiety no i don't ever get angry with anxiety i don't think i just i just get really anxious yeah it just kind of like puts you in like a, a shell within yourself and i guess i get angry when like I get to that point where like, I don't want to leave the house. That's how bad it gets. So I'm like, but I want to go do shit. Right. So it's kind of like you're, I guess, angry with yourself for being feeling that way kind of thing. Um, I feel like rage is an interesting one. Um, Cause I, I don't know if I've ever felt rage. Like I have, than when I was working for Publix in a, in a retail store. So I don't know. I, I feel like when we're talking about anger, rage, it may be more common than I think, but I don't think I've ever experienced uh, experienced a rage too often if I'm angry. Like I'll be angry and my body will stay hot for like an hour or two, two hours, but like I don't, I don't really consider myself to ever experience rage i definitely could be wrong though food service will change your mind my guy <laughs> literally bro every time somebody tells me that oh Publix is such a great place to work for i'm like bro work there for a month and then call me <laughs> uh no so i had a reputation when I, I i first got into the chef game back in dalhart when i was working at this steakhouse out there and uh I had a reputation for making servers cry. Like, like they would, they would cry. (laughs) And I I didn't care who it was. I just, I knew everything that was going on. So you could, that I was wrong. That was the bad thing. I was a cocky motherfucker. Like, (laughs) so when they would come up and they'd be like, you made this wrong. And I, I would literally just start cussing them out and just go, just, raging on them bro like you're wrong i'm not wrong you're wrong because <laughs> I, I keep every ticket that came yeah. through and i would take that five extra minutes to sort through them find the one that they're bitching about and be like here motherfucker 
you're wrong. Shut the fuck up and get out of my kitchen. Right. I God, the, I worked at Boston Market for maybe like six, seven ooh. months, and that was rough. Boston Market, man, that brings back some good memories. <laughs> oh. I will never work in the food industry ever again. Like, I just, Jesus, man. The toxicity alone. Oh, just like a 20-year-old kid being a manager and thinking he knows shit about life, bossing you around, bro. Oh, my Lord. Um, I... I was very mad working working on those places. It, it's hard, bro, because like you, it's a whole different animal. Yep. You got to with, you know, there's people, there's people in kitchens that have been working there longer than managers have worked there, and they they probably know more than the manager, but they have to listen to them. And it's like, nah, dude, if you would just shut the fuck, up, listen <laughs> for one fucking, bro. <laughs> You would understand that you're a fucking idiot, but you won't. <laughs> I, like it was bad, dude. I, I literally, I've, I said so many hurtful things to people, and I have actually come back and like apologized to a lot of these people that uh, I've, I've yelled at and cussed at and shit. Because like, uh, the shit that I said was looking back, I'm like, what the, f- where did I right. come up with that first off? And like, secondly, that was rude. But I I almost got fired a couple times for it too. I'm surprised I didn't really, because uh, I cussed out a manager in the middle of a rush one day. She came back there yelling at me, and I was like, "Listen, listen, bitch, <laughs> I I will do your job. You can get the fuck out of my way." And she went and right. got the owner. He came back there, and it it was bad. I I had to I had to learn how to do better and shit, and I wanted to learn to do better for my kids, so. I will say the only positive thing I will say about working in the food industry slash retail, um, it taught me a lot about people, how to read people and communicating with those people. Um, I don't think without Publix, I don't think I'd be able to, to be where I'm at now because I was there. Shit, how, how many years did I work there? 2011 to 2006. Yes, six years I worked in Publix. And in those six years, I went to three different stores. Uh, Two of the store, or one out of the three store managers were pieces of shit. Like the second one, God, I was in such a bad place in my life when I went to the second store. Um, I had to move up to a different city uh, because I didn't have anywhere to live after my mom left for Jersey. and I didn't uh, have anywhere to live. So I lived with my best friend at the time. And I had a really unreliable car. I couldn't wake up on time because my shifts were like six in the morning. Then when I finally got kicked out of their house because they got a divorce, um, I lived with my dad, which was like 45 minutes to an hour away from that store. The amount of times I fell asleep driving to that job so bad bro like i don't know how the hell i made it there alive but i remember one time falling asleep from one road and i was on another road and i didn't remember how i got there like perfectly safe great well not safe (laughs) don't drive asleep guys did did you fall asleep or did you dissociate the entire drive 
Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I definitely, I've definitely fell asleep, uh, like passed out cold one time, and my tire exploding woke me up. That was Fuck. awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever gone through so many car problems in my life until I had, I went to that store. My tire blew up. Um, I had to try and drive through a parking lot that was flooded from a hurricane. Um, fuck that car up really bad. Cause the kid that I bought it from had like an air filter installed under the car and the water was a lot deeper than I thought it was. So the water sucked it up and screwed up my whole engine. So that happened and I ran out of gas driving there oh man i was i was a mess i don't know how the hell i was ever made full-time but jesus had a lot of lot of bad luck with cars and uh excuse me jesus um just a lot a lot of anger towards myself at that time because i just wasn't mentally in a good place at all um i think that was my that was when i went through the breakup that i went through um she broke up with me through facebook after five years Ooh. so yeah that was that was rough oh no this that's another thing man that's anger has has dampened my perspective on relationships um mainly because of that one you know and it's crazy like people were like oh i don't know how you're single i don't know how you're single i'm like dude i'm single because i'm not my parents i don't just go out with people and then be in a relationship with them. Like, I'm not going to settle with somebody and have three kids. That's what my parents did. Now my parents hate each other. Right. Three kids together and they hate each other. I'm not trying to be like that. You know? And I, and I'll, I'll never forget when they divorced either, man. Like shit, I was eight years old and just going back to school when, when that whole thing happened fucking crazy worst time of my life i'll tell you that but you know like i said we don't have to be victims of our past you know we don't have to let this anger control us and no whatnot um so let's talk about the the different anger types because i'm curious to hear which one you are because i know which one i am reading them so you got outward anger which, you know, it's openly expressing how angry you are. Then you got the inward anger, which is more directed towards yourself. Uh, negative self-talk, self-harm, um, denying basic needs like food and, and whatnot. And then you, got yep. pass, uh, then you got passive anger, which is, you know, subtle and indirect ways uh, to express your anger, like the silent treatment, sulking, mm-hmm. um, things of that nature. So out of those three, which one do you think you are? Are you an outward angry person? Do you internalize it? Are you an asshole about it? Like, I I have two <laughs> ways. I have two. So I am very much inwardly, yeah, and passive, yeah. Uh, cause see, I'm not fucked up about it. You piss me off. I can sit there and not talk to you for the rest of my life, and I can look you square in the eye and not say a word. I'm fine with that. I don't care. See, that's the thing. Uh, but inwardly, most definitely inwardly, because, and people know it, 
because I say some off the wall shit and they just look at me like, what the fuck? Like I'm sitting there the other day and they were like, hey, dude, how's it going? I was like, ah, you know, I'm really thinking about playing a game of Russian roulette later, but Jesus. and they just look at me and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, y'all, y'all don't have that kind of sense of humor. My bad. I, I'm good. I'm good. Dark humor, man. Dark humor. I'm telling you. Uh, but like it has its place. <laughs> I do have. I do have the negative self-talk. Like I am very much hard on myself. I tell myself oh, yeah. shit. Tell myself that I can't do shit right. Like I I'm trying to break that though, because I don't want my kids to be like that. Yeah. Right? It it's not healthy. And I apologize for everything, even if it's not my fault. Same. I fucking walk if if I'm walking and like I or you get in my way, I apologize for being in your way. Like <laughs> I apologize for existing. Like that that's the thing. Like my kid has picked up on that and apologizes for everything. And I'm like, ah, my guy, it's not your yeah, fault. Yeah, see, but you and I are on the same level of thinking with the apology thing. But I think those apologies stem from trauma we were always yeah, told yeah. to say sorry even if shit's not our fault you're supposed to show sympathy growing up that was only the only way that we were told to share sympathy was saying sorry sorry for your loss sorry for this sorry 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 and that that caused a big ass argument between me and my biological mom because you know i don't do the whole you can give everybody a hug thing or apologize for everything thing right yeah i remember you telling me about that and she's like, no, they need to apologize. And they do something like, they don't, why? Why Why am I going to make him apologize? For, like, y'all trained us to apologize for every fucking inconvenience that happens. Everything, bro. It's crazy. That that apology has no fucking meaning anymore. Like, <laughs> you, like let, you. Let me let me tell you something my mom said to me in that in that span of, well, I guess all 30 years of my life. But in the span of uh, the three hours she spent berating me, told me that I'm a piece of shit like my father, told me that I was never going to succeed at anything, told me, you know, this and that, this and that and the other. Then she apologizes the next day, like I'm supposed to forgive her. And again, it's like you said, that apology holds no water. And it's it's kind of like... It's kind of like the love bombing conversation. You know, you can tell somebody you love them as many right. times as you want. Be like, okay, you treated your spouse like this and you cheated on your spouse or you lied to your spouse, whatever. And you tell them you love them. Well, you're not showing that you love me. You're not, you're not showing them that you love them. It's just kind of one of those things where I'm telling you I love you because you want to hear that I love you. I'm telling you sorry because I think that's what you want to hear kind of thing so i feel like whenever somebody tells me unless i really know you unless somebody or when somebody tells me that they love me sometimes i'll I'll reciprocate it back if i know they mean it but like when my mom says it to me i just say you too like Mm. i i don't i will never say i love you to that woman and that's just you know people might look at me in a different way now that i'm openly saying that but i don't have a great relationship with my mom She's manipulative and quite frankly, she's an evil person. And 
I'm not proud of the relationship I have with her, but I'm proud of the fact that I have a backbone. You know, and I I definitely feel see, I'm sarcastic because sarcasm was another one that was in there for for a passive anger. I don't consider my sarcasm to be angry. I'm just sarcastic, just, you know, kind of like the movie quotes and kind of like, you know, anything else. I'm very sarcastic, but I don't consider it out of anger that I'm sarcastic. I do sometimes. It it, it can definitely come off as, you know, anger, I guess. But if I'm sarcastic, it's either I'm just being sarcastic because that's part of my personality or, you know, like you said, sometimes it'll come out of an angry place, but it's not it's not like harmful anger. It's just, it's passive. See, but, I'm, I'm, and I know passive isn't like the best way to go about it. Yeah. But I most definitely, I was fine by myself for fucking 12, 13 years. Right. <laughs> I, I'm fine. like, okay, fuck me. Right. Cool. I will see you. I will say hi. Cause that's the thing. Like, I've known family members that will sit there and I'm bad about this because I've picked up these toxic traits that they have, but they'll sit there and talk shit and talk down on somebody, but then go up to them and be like, Hey, how are you? Like, why? I hate people like that. And, and I'm bad about it because like I saw that for so long that I kind of picked it up. It was like a normal. Yeah. I thought it was normal. My ex kind of pointed it out that it's not normal, uh, which, you know, thank you for that. And I'm I'm actually grateful that I have that kind of relationship with her. Like, we can talk about the shit that's going on and, like, we're cool with each other like that. Like, but I'm trying to work through that because, like, I, I do want to be that guy that's like, nah, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you walk by, hey. And I just keep going. Like, yeah, and you know, it's kind of like you said, you don't like the confrontation either, so I get it. I yeah. don't think of myself to be contra- confrontational until it gets to that point. Like, you know, I'll brush it off and brush it off and be like, oh, you know what, he said this and whatever, I won't say anything. But again, it'll get to that point where I'll end up calling your ass out and you're not going to like it because it's going to, you know, it's going to come from a place of being fed up. Um you know, with the, these different types of anger, I, I know I've openly expressed anger before, but again, most of it's internalized. So I, I think I'm more of an inward angry person because, like you said, I, I'm really bad with negative self-talk, man. I, I'm fucking horrible at it. Um, there was one that they wrote um, on the website that I researched it off of. They put self-harm on there for inward anger. And when I was when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, how was that? How was that anger? How was that anger? Like, I had to think think back to when I was really bad when I was like fourteen. Like, I would always wear this uh, red ICP jacket, uh, and nobody could ever see my arms. And it was I did it on purpose. Like ninety degree weather, I'd always wear a jacket. And it was always on purpose, and. I used to wear ace bandages over my arms because I was, I was really bad with, with self-harm. Um, 
I'm not I'm not proud of the fact that I was ever at that point in my life. I quite frankly, I don't want to say ashamed because I just I didn't have anybody. I I was I felt like complete shit most of the time when I was 14, you know? And when I when I was doing the self-harm, thinking back to it now, you know, 16 years later and understanding why I did it, wanting to feel something, but that was also in terms of being angry that I didn't feel anything other than, you know, and this this is going to be a little triggering saying this, so I, I apologize um, in advance to you guys, but feeling the, the edge of that blade was the only thing that I was feeling, and I was angry that that was the only thing I was feeling. You know, I we lived in a house that had very thin walls, and I punched holes in the wall because I was angry. And again, self-harm and yeah. just beating myself up literally and, and uh, mentally. So the inward anger makes a hell of a lot more sense now than it did at the time. Like reading that kind of put me off. It kind of took me off guard a little bit because I didn't understand it. But now as an adult and as somebody who who survived a lot of the demons that I, that I had to face, it it makes, it makes sense how that comes off as inner uh, inward anger or an inward angry person. Yeah. Um, I never, I never, man, I tried, I tried the, the the self-harm thing one time. I just couldn't do it. I, I was very, it, I don't like needles, but I I have tattoos. Yeah. Uh, so me and knives, we don't get along. That shit hurt me. <laughs> uh, but I didn't mean to get onto that. But like uh, the 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 self deprecating humor, the the dark humor is a that's my way of coping with it, I guess. Yeah. Because. So it's interesting you bring that up. When or if you go to watch that documentary, Jonah touches on that because, you know, he's a comedian. He's an actor. Yeah. And when he's in those therapy sessions, he's talking about, you know, he has to hold back making jokes because it it doesn't allow him to express how he really feels. It kind of like blankets his emotions and what he's actually feeling. Coming from somebody who's in the, I guess, position that he's in, hearing that kind of like, holy shit. Like, hearing all those jokes and understanding why you're laughing at it now makes a lot more sense. Like, haha, he said he's going to kill himself with a water gun. You know what I mean? Like, silly shit like that. But now, when you actually go back and think about it, it's like, he's low-key, like, crying for help. Like shit, yeah. man. Look at Robin Williams is probably one of the best examples of of any of this stuff. You know, for for those of you who don't know, Robin Williams took his life. One of arguably one of the funniest guys of of that generation, and probably one of my favorite actors of all time. And he never looked like he was depressed. He never looked like he was going through anything. 
then when you hear all these interviews that are all of a sudden popping up and him talking about the shit that he was going through as a comedian, like you don't know how many of these comedians are actually going through shit and that's their outlet of being able to express what they're going through. Like, haha, I'm going through a divorce and you know, you guys should all laugh with me because I'm going through a divorce. And deep down, you don't know what these guys and girls are going through. So yeah. like I get the, the, the humor coping thing because it, it doesn't allow you to feel how you want to feel, but it allows your brain to be like, okay, well, we're working through this. We're just not expressing what we're going through. Mm-hmm. So very interesting. You brought that up. Um, just out of curiosity, do you have a way that you cope with anger? Like do you, when you feel yourself getting really mad or you're having a really bad day at work, like do you have like any routines or anything that, that you follow to make sure your anger doesn't get out of control or you like lash out on anybody or anything? It was the gym. Yeah. Like that, that was my, my escape. I'd go, you know, if I, if I was having a rough day and I was just getting overwhelmed, I would look at her and be like, Hey, I'm going to go hit the gym real quick. Not it's not the healthiest way, but it at least would release something. Yeah, right. That's that's how I go about it. Uh, I would say motorcycle riding, but right now it's fucking twenty something degrees outside, and I'm just not about it. Right. Yeah, because uh, you know, I, I wrote down wrote down some of the things for that treats anger so i was just curious to hear how how you coped with your anger for me it's video games video games or movies that will usually kind of like distract me temporarily or you know because because sometimes man like during that during the pandemic the lack of human interaction that i had over the last two years and i know it wasn't just me so anybody listening don't take that as me dismissing what you went through Um, but the lack of human interaction that I had just kind of like sitting in this house and not being able to talk to anybody. Um, it's weird seeing people now, you know, like I I go to the store and go shopping all the time and, and whatnot, but I don't look at people like my, my head is always looking towards the floor or just like not looking right at people anymore. And it's, it's really weird. Um, but with anger, you know, sometimes I'll I'll be in the party chat with my friends and I'll just get really mad and I'll be quiet and just play music because, you know, music is a really, really strong escape for me, especially, you know, obviously you and I listen to the same type yeah. of music for the most part. Um, And just listening to what these guys and girls go through and just being able to relate to whatever songs you're going through, whatever songs you're listening to at the time. Um, So for the treatment, they, for the treatments they have. So you have the relaxation techniques, which, you know, kind of, kind of similar to like uh, what you go through if you're having an anxiety attack, you know, like grounding yourself, calming yourself down and controlling your heart rate and things of that nature. Um, And then you have behavioral therapy, which I know you touched on a little bit. And I kind of sort of talked about the anger management. Um, To be honest with you, and maybe other people have had better experiences, 
overall, I think anger management classes are a joke. I don't think any effort gets put into anger management. Uh, you know, okay. So let me put it. Let, let me put it to a a way that how it makes me feel. Anger management class reminds, or like an anger management counselor is like the PE teacher of the mental health community. <laughs> they went to school to be a teacher, and they became a PE teacher instead of what they wanted to do. So. That's the way I look at it, and maybe that might come off as a little ignorant to some, and that's perfectly fine, but I I just I don't feel that anger management is beneficial to anybody um, just because I, I don't know what it is about it, man. I just never felt like they acknowledged anything I was going through. It was just kind of like kind of like kind of like what what parents do nowadays to their kids. They like, here's an iPad. We're gonna go do this. Here's an iPad and, and babysit the the fucking thing. Yeah. And your management <laughs> class just gives you like, uh, well, go do this collage and we'll talk in an hour. It's like, bro, why the fuck am I doing a collage? I'm getting mad. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. That's just the way that I see it. Huh? Hey guys, I'm here to work on my anger, but this is gonna piss me off even more. <laughs> like you're doing a collage, like this doesn't match this. This doesn't look like it fits with this. I'm done. <laughs> Good. Uh, and then you have uh, depression and anxiety and ADHD medication. So we've talked about this on previous episodes. I'm against medication. Um, I am not a fan of any psychological medication just because I've seen how damaging it is to people who have done it for 20 something years. Um, I will never make excuses for my mom for how she's treating me, but she's been taking Xanax since she was a very young kid and it has impacted her brain to where you can like physically see it in her face that she's just not well. It, it, she just doesn't look mentally well. Um, I know medication works for some people who have really bad anxiety or just their depression just can't seem to allow them to do anything without it. But me personally, I'm firmly against medication. I don't like the way it made me feel when I tried it once. I'll never do it again. How do you feel about medication? Like, like say if your kid was like 14, 15 years old and they went to the doctor and, you know, doctor says, okay, well, they got anxiety and depression we can prescribe them this, this, and this. Like, how how do you feel about medication? I I'm not on it, or like I'm not about it. I I'm me and my ex were very much on the uh, holistic side of things. Right. Find a more natural way to do it. Uh, for me, there were a lot of rumors after I got after I left my stepmom's house. I was on drugs, which was funny because when my ex talked to her about moving in with her and shit and having the kids out there, right? Uh, she was like, Hey, I just need to let you know, like, your boys harbored some hatred about this. Uh, he's never done drugs, and she was like, Well, I just thought he did because he changed. And Chris was like, No, like, he's never done them. Like, I know I tried to get him to. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, no, that was a little dark humor joke there. 
for anybody. Don't take that out of context. Uh, <laughs> but don't dare you be funny, right? Um, I'm not about it just because, like, there's already been those rumors that people think that I was all twisted off and shit. Uh, I also know that I have a very addictive personality, so it could go south real yeah. quick. Makes sense. I mean, fuck, I, I, I. I almost rely on caffeine to make it through a day. I I can make it without caffeine, but and that's the thing, like the caffeine makes me feel normal. That's yeah, that's the caffeine will help me fuck it doesn't get me wired. It actually fucking settles me out and calms me down. Right. So I don't even drink it to, to stay awake i just drink it to feel normal yeah Uh, but no i don't think i could because i've heard of people and seen people that just get zombified on it yeah and i just couldn't i'd rather find a natural way like if you if you sit there and tell me that they're you know it's my diet that's making me feel some type of way i'll fucking try out a new diet i don't give a fuck you tell me to go exercise fucking twice a day, five days a week. I'm on it. If that, if you think that's gonna help me, cool. I'll try it. I will give anything a try before I resort to fucking pills and shit. Yeah, and like I said, I, I've seen people who who have abused pills, and you know, unfortunately, some of those people aren't here anymore. But also, I don't like seeing people turn into zombies. You know. Um. Of course, you got the support groups, which, you know, there's a lot of support groups out there, guys. And I know a lot of people aren't aren't open to support groups because you're afraid of uh, of being judged. But let me assure you that there are support groups out there that a lot of people genuinely care for you. A lot of people genuinely care about you. Um, so that's that's mainly what what I wanted to cover um in today's today's podcast was just kind of getting your insight on on some of the on some of these subjects just kind of seeing where your head was at um in terms of how society looks at uh, i guess anger and what kind of treatments are out there uh glad glad that i'm not the only one who feels that strongly about the medication thing cuz i always feel like it's one of those topics that people get sensitive about they do. Um, a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, going back to the negative self-talk thing, you know, my my therapist gave me a homework assignment a couple months ago, basically called the Compassionate Observer. I don't know if you've heard it on any of my podcasts. I know I've read, um, I've read an entry to you, so I wanted to read one on the podcast um, that I did on the 19th of last month because... I'm I'm really bad with negative self-talk and this helps a lot. Um I'm I'm a really big advocate for journaling. So for anybody who's open to journaling, uh this is called the compassionate observer. So basically what the assignment is is you're speaking in two voices. You're speaking for whatever emotions you're feeling at the time, you know, whether that's grief, whether that's depression, whether that's anger. And then you try to have dialogue with with yourself and i know 
I'm going to sound crazy. Like you're like talking to yourself and I don't consider it being crazy. I, it helps a lot. Um, so first half of it is, you know, the, I believe this was depression speaking. Yep. Okay. So this is what uh, I was telling you, what I said to Caleb, those, you know, those dark words that I mentioned on the early podcast. So it reads, uh, it's been a long time since we since we spoke last all that time of burying your fears your struggles and well anything that keeps you up at night at this point you made it pretty clear to caleb how you how you were feeling lately and he lightly pushed uh, after he lightly pushed on it you're feeling unwanted undeserving undesirable unproductive and what do you possibly contribute anymore so when i wrote that i don't even remember writing that like i kind of like when I'm feeling these emotions and I start doing these journal entries, sometimes I just kind of like black out and not realize what I wrote until afterwards. So I responded with, I find it uh, difficult to know where to start here because everything said is very valid. Let's tackle the unwanted and undesirable first. Uh, As I reached adulthood, I vowed to be nothing like my birther. Yes, being single for over a decade now is a terrible feeling, but if you want, if you went from relationship uh, to relationship, then you would be like your birther at 48 years old, miserable, unstable, no security, and alone. Now the undeserving struggle. Comparing your situation or your life to anyone, uh, Mikey included, you will never be happy with your accomplishments, and we can tackle unproductive at the same time. Look at what you've been able to do since the pandemic started. You have brought together an army of almost 1,600 people and a podcast that has reached international levels. It's only been out less than a year. You are accomplished. You are loved. Even if it isn't how you how you want to feel love right now, you are exactly where you need to be right now. I'm proud of you. And with the utmost importance, I love you. When I started writing... Um, these entries and I started adding I love you to the end of each of them it helped me in ways I couldn't possibly explain so for any of those who can relate to any of those words said I highly recommend journaling you know Vince you included man like I know some people aren't very sure about what they would write if they would start journaling or if they'd be any good at it you know I just started writing like doesn't have to be anything specific. Write down what you're going through, you know, and then go back to it a week later, go back to it six months later. I'm like, wow, I, I got through that. And that's what those entries are for, man. They're, it's to show the progress that you have made and be able to celebrate where you're at right now. Yeah. You know, um, I just want to get your get your thoughts on that. What did you think? I liked it. The the whole talking in two points of view, you know, you're writing how you feel yourself, but then you're writing from another point of view as yourself looking at yourself. Like it's 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 powerful. Uh it I see where it helps with the negative self-talk. Like you said, you throw in that I love you in the end. Like that's that reminder that you're more than what your thoughts think you are. You know what I'm saying? 
and uh i actually i i really like that i'm gonna give that a shot honestly because like i've been wanting to journal yeah and i just haven't figured a way of where to get started because i got a lot of shit that's going on that i i need to get out and i know like i can talk to you about it i can talk to everybody else about it but like there's gonna come a point where it's gonna have to be talked to somebody else and i want to be able to have those thoughts already formulated because when i start a conversation i don't (laughs) my mind goes 700 different areas right and i can't stay focused on that so i've been wanting to start journaling so i can get my thoughts out there start getting everything formulated and i i I a shot the compassionate it's uh it's definitely something you you can call it whatever you want you can call the positive uh perspective whatever you want um i i think the compassionate observer is is a terrific name for it because it's something validating what you're going through something analyzing everything you're going through and then you finally respond with you know both experience and just trying to validate everything that that inner child is feeling so it's a good way to honor your inner child you know and journaling doesn't have to follow any sort of format you know it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be a 3.5 essay due at the end of the week you know it's it's whatever whatever you feel comfortable uh with making you know yeah so highly recommend it man i i it has helped me tremendously um so at the end of every podcast obviously as you know and everybody else knows i like to read these quotes um so this one was posted on my my friend tiffany herring who thank you again for uh for allowing me to use this tiffany um she uh she posted on her story it says this is an affirmation for letting go and i thought it was very appropriate for today's session it's a I release all disease from my body and welcome health, love, and happiness into my life. And I want everybody to say that affirmation to yourself, you know, once a week or, you know, once a month, whatever it is. And anything you put into the universe comes back to you tenfold, whether that's positive, whether that's negative. I'm a firm believer in karma. And I think you put enough good out there in the universe, it comes back to you. And I know me personally hate hearing the word eventually. It's probably one of my biggest trigger words in the freaking world. And it pisses me off when somebody tells me eventually. But when you put things into the universe, good starts eventually coming back to you. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, thank you, Vince, for coming on another podcast and, offering your perspective on this um i wish there was a little a little more material in the anger but i just kind of feel like with mental health it's kind of like a little gray smudge yeah right right it's not not a topic that is talked about nearly enough to have a lot of research on so thank you again for being open and being willing to share even if it's a little like one percentage of your story man i greatly appreciate you and uh, for all my listeners, thank you again. Uh, we're out. We're at about 600 plays on iTunes and Spotify. My last podcast did 55 views on YouTube. So 
again, thank you guys so very much. Forever humbled for uh, all the support you guys uh, give to me. As always, I will continue to try and improve and do better. Um, And please always, always, always remember to be gentle with yourselves. Till next time, guys. Take care.